This is Put It On Record, the podcast about DJing hosted by DJs. I am DJ Byrne. As always, uh, normally we have Recio and Don't Fred on here as well, but they are busy with life as they always are. So I'm going to hold it down as I usually do. If it's your first time listening, please subscribe, like, leave a review, share it with somebody, whether you're a DJ or not, because um, we talk about interesting shit on here that you probably wouldn't know about if you never talked to a DJ. So hit the like, share. Uh, appreciate all the new listeners, all the old listeners. Last episode was pretty good. Go check that out with Trav Dave. A lot of uh, history in that. And then the episode before that with Chubby Swag. Um, all the episodes, really. Um, but we have, yet again, another another amazing interview coming up with somebody that I've grown to know over the years. And somebody that's uh, pretty interesting, I, I would say so myself. And I think has a lot to say about DJing. Not only the art of it, but the technology behind it. And that's really what I like to talk about, too. And someone that's curated a bunch of successful events. Um, and someone that's been doing this for a while. So they have a unique perspective on DJing. So give it up for... You know what? Let's clear the air. Because <laughs> people always ask me, how do you say his name? And I've <laughs> heard you tell people it's either way because you don't really care. But how mm-hmm. do you prefer it said? The DJ name's Bono. Bono. Yeah. Bono. Give it up for Bono, y'all. But I know people say Bono. You're we need a clap. Game. We need like a clap button. I do need an audience applause sound button. effects or something. But yeah. Um, that was a good intro, though. Thank you. No, no, no problem. Um, yeah, like I said, uh, I've heard you tell people that it doesn't matter, Bono or Bono, just because I feel like you're a pretty easygoing guy, but the official name. We got it now. So, Bono. yep. How you been, man? Good. Um, so, yeah, the reason I say Bono or Bono is because it's a family nickname, short for my last name. That was given to uh, one of my older brothers, Kevin, through a lacrosse coach. And um, I don't know if he originally said Bono or Bono. And I think he just he said one of them. And then, you know, other people say other things. And, yeah, our family's pretty chill. So we go with both. Um, but I think phonetically it makes more sense on my DJ name since that H is in the middle there. Yeah. Pronounced Bono. But yeah, it's it's either way because it's a family nickname. So, See, it, I feel like it's a better story if you say it's Bono like Phono, like Phonograph. Mm. Mm. Ah, I just made that up too. Um, so we normally start this <laughs> podcast off with two specific questions specific to dj and so the first question which might not apply to you um but i've come to find out that a lot of djs their dj name is not the original dj name they they finally figured it out and settled on something so did you have a name before this one that you use for djing yeah i was gonna get into that um and uh, thanks for having me by the way too i forgot to say that um yeah i mean there were so many names at the beginning um uh, I don't even want to say some of them. They were so <laughs> stupid. Um, but I, I pretty much landed on pro bono because um, I don't know. I thought it sounded cool at the time. Yeah, uh, I had it for a long time all throughout college. And it's a Latin term that lawyers use, right. um, which the Latin meaning of it is for for good or for the good. And I like that. And that was cool. And I was like, oh, my, I have fam, I have lawyers in my family. So it like kind of links up with that. Not that I really 
not that I'm in that sector or anything. Right. But then I had to drop that because not even that people weren't paying me. It's just I didn't want that attached to my name. Right. <laughs> um, especially when I started getting more noticed and expected higher levels of pay. Right. Um, and it was always just a joking thing. Like no one ever no one ever insinuated that but i was like uh i I think it's time for a refresher anyways kind of like when people change their logos and like simplify it right like i did that with my name instead of pro bono just bono and i couldn't be b-o-n-o because that's obviously been taken by obvious reasons a couple different people Mm -hmm. um so i just added that h on there Uh, i thought it looked cool and just kind of I don't know it, it uh, kind of influenced by like other artists too you know in the time where they were just using weird stuff in their name right. um so I thought it made sense and it's just kind of stuck now I don't think I'll ever change it I do want to hear one of the other names though give me just one uh so I was really into like French house and disco house um, and there was like an artist that I think was from France who produced disco house music, who I think only produced like a few tracks or an EP and then fell off the map and no one really knew who they were. So I was like, I, I like their name. I want to steal it. <laughs> and it was, um, it was disco bloodbath. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah. Kind of, kind of cool. I don't know. A little like a little aggressive. Yeah. Um, but those were all just like brainstormers. And then, yeah, I fell on pro bono for a long time. All right. Well, the second question that we always ask is, can you tell us about your most embarrassing moment as a DJ? Probably. I don't think I've had a lot, to be honest. Um, and I don't know if I'd call this embarrassing, but like I was having fun. And I think the crowd liked it. And I think that's like the most important thing. But I was hammered and DJing at Brothers Drake. And I think it was a Not Your Mama's House show. I don't know if Courtney, were you there for this? (laughs) We were dating at the time. And uh, I think I just was hammered. I wanted to play just music that I wanted to play. And I was getting into it. And I played DMX. Or no, I played uh, PD Pablo. And I took my shirt off. And I waved it around my head. <laughs> and you got a good reaction, I'm sure, right? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I think so. Yeah, I think so. There, it was like end of the night, and there were only maybe like 20 or so people there. And like the Brothers Drake, the old Brothers Drake bartenders were like out on the dance floor. So we were like, it was like more of like an intimate sort of vibe, but everyone enjoyed it, I think. And the Brothers Drake, employees got a kick out of kick out of it yeah so i mean you know that was definitely a moment that doesn't have to be embarrassing but it was definitely a, a highlight for sure we're definitely going to talk about brothers drake and not your mama's house and other things but let's go back for a second um where are you originally from and where'd you go to high school i grew up in upper arlington went to school all throughout my growing up in ua Went to Greensview Elementary, lived right down the street, um, Hastings for middle school, and then Upper Arlington. Um, 
grew up with three older brothers. Um, they influenced me a lot. I wouldn't say Upper Arlington influenced me a lot. <laughs> I think back then it was a really good place to grow up. And maybe still, I don't know. But um, I played a lot of sports. I wasn't very good at them. Nah. I was always really into music. Um, all sorts of music. I was a big reggae head back then. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, I wore like a reggae beanie to school like for like <laughs> two years. Okay. And went to Al Rosa Villa a lot. Okay. That was the spot. Um, so yeah, UA was cool. I mean, back like I'm I'm 34 almost. Well, I'm 34 and I don't know. I feel like it was a little bit different back then. Obviously things have changed, but um, it was chill. I thought it was like, you know, we didn't, it wasn't very um, diverse, I would say, but the feeling I got from growing up there was you know um inclusivity and acceptance of anyone and anything um i don't think you know people were as quote unquote woke i don't think cancel culture was a big thing back then it was just kind of like i mean obviously all of these things come from privilege too we didn't have to think about these things right um so you know i'm i'm i am grateful for growing up there and growing up in that environment with with really cool people um i think i got my creativity and um all of that from my brothers and from outside sources maybe not as much ua in particular but yeah so you said music has always been um a part of your life you mentioned reggae um what else were you listening to in high school? I feel like high school is real, you know, the formidable years, you know, that's when you start discovering who you are. So what music were you listening to at the time? Um, besides reggae. I mean, the, the defaults for upper Arlington were like Dave Matthews band and, <laughs> um, uh, Oh shoot. What's that other super white, um, Midwestern. I think they started at OSU. Um, oh, so I listen. Um, I, do you know what I'm talking about? Um, and it was a band, kind of alternative. Um, I'm not going to remember the name of it, but anyways, I listened to all that. <clears throat> Excuse me. I listened to um a lot of hip hop. Hold on one sec. Um, <clears throat> my brother was in a ska band. He played mm -hmm. saxophone. My other brother was in a punk band. He played drums. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I mean, I listened to anything and everything under the sun. I listened, but like the, what I can remember most was listening to Sublime mm. and like Afro Man um, <laughs> and like all the stoner, stoner music because I was a right. big stoner in, in high school. <clears throat> so that stuff was really heavy in my being played in my car. A lot of Bob Marley, a lot of Sublime, a lot of um, Slightly Stupid, um, and a lot of hip-hop, old-school 90s hip-hop, R&B, obviously. Um, I didn't listen to as much like electronic stuff in high school. I think that came later, like during college, and right. maybe a little bit later in high school, like junior, senior year. 
I got into like um, <clears throat> Prefuse 73 and um, uh, Edit from, oh my gosh, what's the name? Just all that electro electronic stuff, right. weird 90s electronic stuff. And like, um, I don't know. I, I, I listened, I listened to everything, but yeah, mainly like mainly reggae, hip hop, R and B were my big, big listens. And I, I grew up listening to all my brother's stuff, like black Sabbath and nine inch nails and, um, I'm blank Pearl jam. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, all the like kind of nineties white kids, suburban music right. that my brothers grew up on. I definitely got influenced by that or liked all of that stuff as well. Um, so yeah, kind of a hodgepodge. Right. It sounds like it. Um, big shout out to Jeff Backus. That's the only person I know that went to the UA cause he played football and he was Mr. Ohio and he was a Northwestern. So I don't hmm. know anybody else other than you. It sounds he, familiar. I don't, I don't know. He graduated in 01, though, so. Mm, okay. And, uh, I used to work at uh, the Kroger on uh, Northwest Boulevard, so a lot mm -hmm. of people I work with went to UA, and then I worked at the, at the Linux at AMC Theater, so a lot of people I worked there and went to UA as well, mm -hmm. I don't remember any of their names, so anyways. Um, the band you were thinking about, it wasn't um, Walk the Moon or 21 Pilots, right? No. Okay. Think more... Uh... I don't want to say more reggae, but more towards like the Dave Matthews band oh. kind of side. I, I feel like Rascal I could, Flats. I don't know. No, not as country. Um, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to pull up a list here. I can't find anything. Oh man, I don't know. I don't know. I'll, it'll probably come to me. Yeah. Anywho. Um, you, and then you moved on and you went to uh, Ohio University, correct? Yep, went to OU. My, bro my, my brother Michael went there as well. Um, I think that actually helped me getting in because I didn't have the best of grades. Mm. Um, but yeah, it was great. I mean, that's where I started DJing. Um, <clears throat> didn't really know what I wanted in life and shit and didn't really feel like I knew what i was doing but um my dad wanted me to get the piece of paper so right we went we partied we learned a little bit yeah <laughs> we had a lot of fun um would would you say experiences at ou um broaden your um taste in music um i think they got more hippy dippy when i got there because Athens is a pretty hippy-dippy town. I mean, it's out in the woods. So uh, there's a lot of, like, folk festivals and um, jam bandy type stuff mm. over there. And even the, like, electronic music that would come there, it would either be, like, very EDM or, like, very... Um, kind of drug culture stuff mm, okay. hippy dippy electronic if that makes sense mm. which was cool but like i i didn't really uh, i've never been that into drugs 
Um, so like I'd go to the shows. I opened for a lot of people. Um, but I mean, I kind of got into my own thing then because I mean, SoundCloud was like amazing back then. Right. Blogs were amazing. Like being able to find good music was just so much easier than it is now with all the blogs gone because copyrights gotten so crazy. Right. Um, DMCA strikes, all that stuff. You can't really post any MP3s on websites anymore. And back in the day we had hype machine and there were just be so many awesome blogs with, and you would just download 320 MP3s off the blogs. Right. <clears throat> or like, or SoundCloud. A lot of it was being released by people that didn't weren't even on a label, and were just releasing music for free, and right. being like, "Play this because I need the plays and I need the exposure." So yeah, I mean, I don't think Athens really influenced me all that much. Like I said, I was really into like French house and disco house. Um, no one else was really playing that there. Um, and that's what's also cool about OU is that you could play anything. Those kids just want to, they just want to have fun. Right. Really. They're mo more focused on the drinking, but, but also I don't want to take away from the fact that they appreciated everything when it came to music. Like, mm -hmm. and I feel like it was way, it's way, way different at OSU, even back then than OU because OSU you go and you only hear really like at house parties, you, you see some DJs. Here's people play some playlists and it might be cool, but 90% of the time you're just getting Drake and 21 yeah. Savage or whatever was hot in 2009 hip hop wise, which is cool. But like you could, you could play anything at OU and, and if you did it well, especially they appreciated good DJs, like you, they would not respond if a DJ was bad. Mm -hmm. And if a DJ was good, they didn't have to play to the crowd. They could do whatever they wanted and the crowd the crowd would like it. So, yeah, it was a really, uh, really nice place to start my DJ career. I don't even want to say career because I didn't really do it for that much money. But And I didn't even know it was going to get to that point. It was just like something to do and something to focus on and have goals with. So let's, um, yeah. let's, talk, let's talk about the beginning of that. So how long... Were you at OU before you started DJing and what went into that decision uh, to start DJing? I think I was a sophomore, um, maybe late freshman year. and But I think sophomore year was like when I really took it seriously. Um, I mean, I had a lot of friends in Columbus that were already DJs that... I looked up to and a lot of like, I, I was already kind of in the scene, not as much in high school, but like freshman year, senior year, high school, I was kind of already into the DJ scene a little bit in Columbus. Um, and then it just grew like crazy, like 2008, 2009 um, in Columbus and everywhere really. Um so I think I just fell into that pocket like, yo, this is really cool. Like, I think I'd be good at this. Um, I have friends that are pushing me to do it. Um, or not pushing, but, you know, suggesting that I try it. 
And then I met um, the a friend of mine, Bill Hine, who um, I haven't spoken to in a while. He's actually a doctor now. Wow. Um, he was into like electro complexro shit. And I was into that too, but he was like really into it. Um, and, you know, I was friends with the Digerati kids, the Roe V kids. Um, but Bill kind of taught me, he was like, you need to buy this equipment. It's cheap and it's really nice. Go on DJ tech tools and they'll teach you everything. Read the articles and then we'll do it together when you get it. And then he taught me everything. He taught me how to remix and remixing back then, I was like, oh, I got to know, like, key structure. And, like, yeah. I got to know how to figure... I was like, ah, that, ugh, I'm not even going to worry about that. I just <laughs> right. focus in on DJing. Uh, but he was really smart. And I was really lucky to have that mentorship. Just like you have with with um, your other um, super music director mm-hmm. people. You know, I'm sure they're extremely grateful for yeah. you. Just um, to have somebody I, there I think- that was... To, yeah. to show you the ropes without, you know, just for, just because, you know, you're in yeah. need. Yeah. So I think, honestly, I, I got into it just because it was like a perfect storm. You know what I mean? Like, I was already into music. I was in so much into so much music all the way growing up and then slowly started getting into more dance music and was at OU, number one party school at the time. Right. Um, so it just kind of, it all fell into place. So... What was the first equipment that you bought? It was a Vasetex. Um, I'm not going to remember. I think I might have it somewhere. I might have tossed it when we moved. But yeah, it had stickers all over it. Like that thing was beat. But it was the coolest thing because it was like 200 bucks. And with, te- with um, tractor and that thing, you could do so much. And it was tiny. But you could use the jog wheel mixed with the BPM fader to do um, uh, like beat stutters. Mm. So you would move the jog wheel and the fader, and it would you could kind of control the beat stutter. So that kind of and and Bill taught me that. I think that's what he had at the time, and I was like, "Yo, that's sick." So that kind of became our style too. Was a lot of beat stutter. And it worked well for complexro and electro music. Right. Um, yeah. So I had the Vasetex. I had a MacBook with Tractor, and that was it. I think I bought a speaker too, like a Harbinger speaker, which I still have in my garage. But I think it's I think it's done. I don't Those think it's are. That's uh, uh, an amazing brand for everybody starting off. Uh, <laughs> what a big waste of money, dude. I mean, that and uh, Behringer. Like I was talking about. Yeah. The- their newer models ago. aren't bad. Uh, yeah, but I mean, I I would have rather just started off start off with EV and then went from there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, j- I actually just bought two fifteen EVs. Nice. Um, because me and Mike share speakers. We have for the longest time, and having to you know go over to his spot and pick those up was just not ideal. Yeah, that's funny. Um, I told this on another episode. When I lived in LA, me and uh, DJ Ola, we we shared speakers. So she bought one Behringer, I bought the other, and whenever somebody needed the full pair, we would just uh, come swap it out. So yep, um, yeah, that's, that's why it's always good to have DJ friends. So what was the first gig like? Tell me about the was it a house party or what was the first gig like? Well, I mean, I played so many house parties. 
So, I mean, that's what OU was, was just house parties. The, there were maybe the, the union had shows and that's really it. Like there wasn't really a venue. There was a union and um, I think it was called 81 South or something like that, um, which now is something different. And I probably am getting that name wrong. Mm. Um, I think it's like the pub or something now. I don't, I don't remember. It's right around the pub. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I, I, I played a lot of house parties, a lot of frat parties. Um, but my first like real gig, I opened up for my friend's band. Um, I'm blanking on everything right now. Their name was. It was a band for sure. Uh, <laughs> Oh my gosh! I'll think of it. This one, I'll, I'll, it'll pop in my head. But uh, my buddy Dave had this amazing band, very like college, very collegey band, you know, um, kind of like party music, right? Kind of like early Mac Miller type stuff with the oh, band. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Like that vibe. Um, very positive, very like happy. Let's get fucked up sort of music. And they were super popular at OU. They were like very locally famous. So when he asked me and Bill to open for him, we were, I was freaking out. Was, this is insane. Mm. And we had a stupid name because Bill, Bill made the name. It was like LSD and it was spelled out like phonetically. Or it was LSD, MDA. <laughs> it was, oh no, it was Candy Flip. It was Candy Flip. And it was spelled okay. like K-N-D-B-E-E. It was so stupid. I was like, Bill, whatever you want to do is fine. I don't care. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, I just want to play some music. And like we, you know, we were highly influenced by like all of the electro duos back then. Um, like Rovi and <clears throat> um, oh my God, I'm forgetting another one. This is just so long ago. Um, so you know, we put on our like matching outfits and like bandanas to try and seem dark and cool i was very like i would I, th I was cool in 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 high school and college but looking back on it you know you look back on it i was not cool right. <laughs> it was corny but yeah that show was sick i mean we did our thing we played all electro music complexro like dark electro stuff some dubstep yeah and um I'll never forget that. My first show. It was so much fun. So a lot of house parties, um, you know, things start going well for you. Um, at what point did you, well, I, I imagine once you graduated, you transitioned back to the Columbus scene. Yeah, I, um, I kind of, you know, circus was big back then. Oh, yeah. So I, I was at circus a lot. Um, and I had DJed in Columbus, like a little bit here and there during college. Um, but it was like those shows like that were giving beginners shots and it wasn't like anything super serious. And it was, I, I, I don't know my approach to getting shows. Like it, it took me a while to like get recognized in Columbus. Like, Oh, you, it was easy. Cause like I said, everyone just wanted to hear music. Like oh, I would just walk down the street with a speaker in my equipment and walk into a, any random house. Be like, "Yo, you guys want sound? You guys want music?" And they'd be like, Sh "Yeah, let's." And I'd meet a bunch of people and have a lot of fun. But it's different in Columbus. You can't do that on 
OSU Campbell? Maybe. Maybe. Uh, but they'd uh, be like, who are you? Right. <laughs> OU, they were like, yo, dude, come in. Um, so, like, getting in the scene here wasn't as easy, you know? I, I think there was a little bit more gatekeeping back then, too. Yeah. Um, a little bit. But, like, the, the EDM guys were willing to give new DJs a shot. Um, definitely at Circus. But, um, and I think I could have gotten more gigs a lot sooner than I did. I just, I'm very much a perfectionist and I very much wanted to, um, fully support the people that I liked and wanted to, and shows that I wanted to play at before being like, yo, get me on, you know? Right. I mean? Right. Yeah. I didn't want, I didn't want to come in hot and be like, yo, I'm, I'm sick. And I've only, you know, so many people de- buy something and in a month they're like, yo, I, I got my equipment. When are you going to book me? Right. Like relax. That, <laughs> yeah. So like time, I, I was going to a lot of shows and just supporting for a long, long time and just learning, uh, learning equipment, learning different transition styles, um, just through listening and attending and um, never ask for any handouts. I wanted, I I really want to pay my dues. I wanted to, you know, and that's always how I have been. I want stuff to be like organic and not feel forced. Um, So, and I think that's how a lot of my relationships are. So, yeah, I mean, it took me a while, but once I got in there, I got into circus and other people started recognizing like I had unique, um, a unique sound, um, and um wasn't playing what everyone else was playing but still stuck to the you know similar a similar theme of the show that i was booked for right um and and also being a good opener was was really important um on the come up and i think i did that really well and 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 the veterans they notice that and they see that and um, I think it snowballed really quick after that. Right. What was the uh, next set of equipment after the Vestex? Um, that's a good question. I think it was a a Tractor Native Instruments mm-hmm. um, controller. Um, so not a standalone unit, just a controller with the MacBook. I used right. the laptop for a long time. Mm-hmm. I only switched to standalone not even that long ago, maybe couple of years ago pre maybe just pre-covid um because um, i already have a laptop why would i spend another thousand dollars to get a standalone right but then i i you know kind of was like I, I i don't love looking at my laptop and i don't like watching a dj that's staring at their laptop um and that's my biggest um pet peeve is like when i see when somebody's around taking pictures or video, I always look away from the laptop and look like I'm actually doing something. I hate seeing yeah. pictures of DJs just looking at the laptop. Yeah, it just looks like you're browsing the internet, not yeah. DJing. You're on Twitter. And I mean, you can use a laptop and, and because I look at the screen on the CDJ yeah. and I'm basically doing the same, same thing. It just looks a little bit better. That's yeah. really all it is. Because like, you can do a lot more with the laptop nowadays than you can with the pioneer cdjs especially unless like, you want to spend seven grand you know yeah. for the three thousands yeah, especially you know with the streaming and all that um 
some DJs even will take their laptop and like put it almost like to the side mm-hmm. where it's like facing you. But it's all, I hate when DJs hide behind their laptop too. Like you put it right mm-hmm. in front, right? It's, in front. it's convenient there, but it's like you're not mm-hmm. showcasing yourself. You're just showcasing the stickers on the back of your laptop. I think if you're a turntablist, it's cool. Everyone else, you should have it off to the side. And you right. should look at it for a few seconds to switch tracks and, and focus right. on your equipment. I absolutely agree. So you, he came back to Columbus. You uh, did a lot. You, you know, you perfected your craft. You did some sort of support. At what point did you feel like um, you were comfortable with your place here uh, in the scene in Columbus? Like, what did that look like for you? Mm-hmm. I'm so bad with timeline and dates and stuff, so I will not be able to give you. A time, <laughs> like a, even an, a guesstimate on date of when that happened. But uh, yeah, I got comfortable and I was getting booked a, a bunch. And I felt like the scene, you know, was great here. I love Columbus and we have such a great Midwestern style. And, really quick. Yeah. Because um, I struggled with this for a long time and people ask me about this a lot. Um, you were getting booked. How do you know what the charge? At that point, and even now, mm-hmm. I mean, it, for a long time, I was undervaluing myself for Me a long too. time, and it was—I didn't realize it was hurting everyone else, not just me. Um, it was hurting the whole scene, the entire scene. When you charge fifty bucks every time you play, mm-hmm. and that's what it was—it was fifty bucks standard. That's what you get paid, and even the circus days, it was twenty, maybe maybe nothing. And I know they were making money. Um, looking back on that, it's kind of a, it's kind of shitty, but um, they had the platform, and they also were, like I said, open to letting new DJs in, which was cool. Mm-hmm. So there's, you know, I'm not I'm not dogging them for what they do. My best friend's um, party crew is like still a huge staple, and I really love those guys. Um, but yeah, I think eventually I was like, okay my time is worth more than $50. I think I bumped it up to maybe a hundred and it was always a flat rate for a long time. It was never hourly. Mm-hmm. And then after I started making my own shows, which I can talk more about, um, that's when I started being like, okay, now I have some say in this city and I'm an influencer and people respect what I have to say, or maybe the ways I do things. Um, I think I'm able to to charge charge more, and then I realized, well, this is what I'm worth, and this was what I was worth a long time. I think at the beginning, you should you should play some free shows, play some house parties, play some you know play some stuff for exposure. Like I think that's totally cool, and like charging fifty to hundred bucks is totally fine as a new DJ when you're you know figuring out the technical side of things and and all that. But once you get past that, you got to start charging those people because they are making money and they got plenty of money to pay you. So, and there are worse DJs that are charging more. So for sure. Um, so you, you talked about throwing your own, own events. What was the first event? First event was lush life at well, our first one was at the summit. I thought so. Okay. Um, um, what is lush life? And damn, you don't have a timeline. I feel like you, you, you gotta know at least a year that it started, right? I think it was shit. I think it was like 
See, kids, don't smoke weed. No, I'm playing. <laughs> I smoked a lot in college or in you know, college in high school. Um, honestly, I don't know. Like, probably around um, 2016 is a guess. And um, how far? Okay, so if I'm doing the math correctly, you have been DJing how long? Since 2009. Okay. It might have been a lot earlier than that that I started Lush Life. I honestly don't. I uh, again, I am very much, and Courtney can attest to this. Live in the moment, so yeah. that sometimes makes me not have a very good um, guess on the dates and times of things. That makes but, sense. But but yeah, uh, Lush Life. What was the idea behind that? How did that start? So yeah, I mean, again, like back when I felt like. I was getting noticed and getting booked a lot, you know, probably a year went by and I felt like this, the city wasn't pushing music that needed to be pushed. Um, I felt like we do, like I said, I love this city and I think we have like a great house music scene here. You know, the Midwest is known for their house music and techno music from Detroit and Chicago, obviously surrounding us. Um, so I, I respect everyone and what they do, but I had my own, you know likes when it came to sound and music for a long time before that too like since right. since 2009 since 2007 even um but mainly like 2008 2009 2010 when that soundcloud boom was really hitting off when all the producers were putting out amazing stuff um and none of that was getting any exposure it, none of it was getting any of the love that I felt like it deserved. Um, I've always been a multi-genre DJ, so um, playing all sorts of different music. Sometimes I wouldn't get booked on certain things because they'd be like, oh, well, I'm going to wear a techno party, so I want to book that techno DJ, um, which is fine. Like, I get it. You know what I mean? Like, I wasn't, I think at the time I was a little upset, but looking back, like, I understand why it happens, and, like, I think that's fine. Like, I did get booked on a lot of really cool shows that maybe I didn't fit in that square peg or whatever. You know what I mean? So right. I, I, I was kind of an outsider when it came to my, not completely, because there were a lot of other people that had the same thoughts and, and, and um, taste in music that I did. And that's also why I felt comfortable starting my own show, because I was like, I think there is a little sector for this. Mm -hmm. And I think I can throw a show. And people will come out and be like, yo, this is really sick. I've been waiting for this. And I got that. I got that. I did that. And they were like, "Like, thank you for doing this. Like, this is, I've been waiting for something like this. And that really made me feel really good knowing that, like, okay, I wasn't just crazy. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I, I was right. Like, I think there is a need for this. Um, so yeah, that was Lush Life. It was very like SoundCloud producer driven, mixed with you know my other stylings, whether it came to R and B, hip hop, and um, any sort of dance music. But mainly, it was focused on like I don't want to say it, but the, the selection style sound. Yeah, you know we were huge selection fans. Huge shout out to Joe and all those guys, Andre, and they just did amazing stuff. And I was like this is this is such an amazing i was hugely inspired by them and i think a lot of people were even then and i didn't see it um so that's that was 
what Lush Life was. And the first one was amazing. We dedicated to my friend that passed away, Connor Capassi. Mm. And um, everyone came out. I had like a, a Pikachu costume on when I came out for my set. Like it was just a lot of fun. Me and Mike Dow were just like huge lovers of that scene. And, and we we're like, why don't we have this here? Let's just do it. That's dope. How long, how long did it, did it, it was, it was like a monthly event. Yeah, it was monthly. The first one was at summit. But then we moved it to the newly opened at the time. Two truths. Oh, um, two truths. I know. So, cause like we were like, yo, I like summit. Like I went to so many shows at summit, but it, it, it was, it's kind of a little bit grungier and right. more like punk, which I think fits the vibe too, because we were like trying to do something different and that's, kind of that punk mentality mm-hmm. and we just love the space we love bartenders but anyways we our friends were opening two truths and we we're like yo this is kind of swanky and this is kind of this might like kind of up our class a little bit yeah um and they just treated us so well with open open arms we were actually their first show nice at two truths um our first like dj monthly thing at mm-hmm. least it might have been the actual first show. I'm not sure, but um, we did we did well there. You know, some of the lush lives didn't have a lot of people, and some That's of them right. did. Yeah. Um, Peaks and valleys. Yeah, I don't think I don't think you know. Like I said, I think there was a sector for that, but I don't think it was as big as we were hoping, and I still don't think it is. Like mm-hmm. that's why we you know st- stopped doing lush life. Because mm-hmm. we didn't feel like it was get, it was worth our time and effort to get you know some t- a lot of the times like fifty people, yeah, which you know is cool. Like I think that's if you get fifty people, that's an accomplishment. No, for sure. But like we wanted more, we wanted it to be huge, and it just was not. We were not seeing it go up, even if there were, you know ups and downs it wasn't average it wasn't going up okay so gotcha. it was difficult but um i do want to bring it back and i do want to rebrand it um call it something different do it at a different space try and work in other music just to make it more um i don't know more widely accepted more people come out and all that but yeah you said something very important that uh, people should know that it's very, I know we might make it look easy. It's hard to get people to come out to an event. Like, yeah. especially in Columbus, people would rather just stay at home or go to Applebee's or Red Lobster and then just go home. It's yeah. hard to get them to come out, and so, especially in the winter. It's so hard to do it. Um, so anybody that's throwing events out there, I salute you. If you've never thrown an event, you and um I, I i don't know about you i have plenty of times where i've dj'd for literally nobody djing mm-hmm. for the bartenders mm-hmm. you know or you're djing for the uh the staff at whatever venue and they're like all right we can go ahead and wrap it up nobody's coming like mm-hmm. those are very humbling experiences that some people don't go through um so they don't appreciate when it's 600 people in the building um but after lush life what was the next event um i think it was hips okay before we get to hips, um, I from from the story you're telling me, it sounds like Mike Dow was a peer that you respected and he did a lot of work with. Was there anybody, any other people at the time? Because um, I, I feel like 
it's kind of like when you get a job. If you find somebody that you work with that you actually like, it makes the job better, and mm-hmm. you can like you know trade stories or you hang out at work. And definitely with in the creative space, if you find somebody that's on the same wavelength with, as you, it makes the whole experience enjoyable. So is it just Mike Dow, or is there anybody else of note? Honestly, just Mike. Like he was the only one that really fit fit the sound for me. Like he was the only one that really fucked with selection like i did and me and him were just like what is going on let's do this we need to make it happen and that was it and then and then i met nick knack at a uh dom deshawn show at the summit and i was like yo who is this like i've never seen this person here and her selection is like amazing and her djing is amazing Mm -hmm. And she was just playing everything that we play at Lush Life mixed with her own shit. Mm, So I was like, yo, like, who are you? And like, introduce myself. I was like, I have this idea. And I told her about hips. And this was just an idea at the time. And um, I was like, I think you'd be perfect. Like, and this was, I only met her that night. Mm -hmm. And I told her about that. I'm pretty sure I told her about hips that night. Um, I could be wrong, but that's what's in my head. Maybe I'm making that up, but <laughs> to make that's it fine. better, but I'm pretty sure that was it. And then, yeah, we, we linked up and, and made it happen. I, I, I went to brothers Drake and was just like, yo, I like you. I like you guys. I talked to Oren. He, I think he just happened to be there at the time. Um, and, um, had a really good meeting with him and yeah, it felt very organic kind of going back to what I was saying before. Um, I didn't want to force myself in anywhere and any of that. And he already had like this sort of vibe going and and it fit perfect. And the first event went really well. Um, Gold Link was at the first event too, which was kind of crazy. I didn't know that. How how did that happen? Well, Nicole knows Gold Link's DJ. I don't think he's his DJ anymore. Um, uh, Marauder? No. Um, uh, his name is DJ Kid Marvel. Okay. He's a DJ... DC kid, I think. Yeah, I met DJ Marauder when I was in DC. And he's Goldlings DJ, so maybe he's the second version of it. Yeah, he's probably <laughs> after Kid Marvel. So Kid Marvel played like a secret special guest set. And Goldlink was playing because Goldlink was in town. They were in town for a show. I okay. Think um, Newport or something like that. Um and yeah, he slid through and people are like, what the hell? Like my That's dude fire. Daniel was like, dude, gold links here. I'm like, yeah, I don't I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I don't know what to like, do. That definitely helped us like, you know, um kind of put our foot down in the city and be like, yo, like and Nicole is this like, she's such an amazing person and such an amazing DJ. And I think that's why people gravitate towards her so um i owe her a lot for um making hips what it is um you know it it was my idea i saw this i saw this hole in columbus it was like why isn't there any r&b music in columbus there wasn't even like not even a monthly show there was no there were no shows right so i was like this is the music i love just like with lush life this is what i want to hear Let's make it happen. So, 
you're probably not going to say this, so I'm going to say it for you. There's probably three or four events, monthly events, in Columbus that are worth the price of admission. Hips is one of them. I appreciate uh, that. Hips is one of the best parties in the city because the crowd actually comes to party. Mm-hmm. Um, not to, you know, stand there and look cool or be on Instagram or any of that. It's like I'm coming with my people to hear some music. We're going to have a good time. We're going to dance. Um, I, 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 can, I can honestly say I'm not a fan of the shit they serve at, at Brothers Drake, but I still go. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. That's an acquired I, taste, the, the beverages that they serve. But shout out to them. Um, but, you know, people still come have a good time. Um, I think the space is very intimate. I, I'm sure that's on purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, and I look forward to it every every month. Um, if I'm not DJing, I try to stop through just because I know it's going to be a good time. So um, can you summarize maybe in one or two sentences what you think? Um, if for somebody that's never been to hips, what the experience mm-hmm. is, or you know, yeah, um, it's an R&B focused monthly dance party. That's what we say on the flyer, and that's what it is, you know. And I think that's very intentional when we say R&B focused. Um, it is by all means not a monthly R&B party. It is not, and <laughs> I want to say that more now than ever because it's gotten worse. People come expecting certain things, and they. I'm going to tell you right now, you will not get it. You will don't account, don't come expecting all Usher, uh, Aaliyah, Maya, and all that. You're going to get all that, but it's not going to be all you hear. You're going to hear a lot of edits. You might not even hear the original. You right. might, you might, you might just hear the sample from it. You might not even hear the '90s flip. Um, and that's why we book different DJs so that you guys can do your own flip on it and show like hey like this is r&b inspired right. music r&b focused music but this is a dance party we want people to dance have fun not just come because they know what's going to be played but come because like you said we want to come and hear some good music and dance and have fun right um and not to make that a PSA or anything, but like that's what hips is. It's it's it, it's an amalgam of all our other taste and music too, um, with a focus, heavy focus on R and B music, and it's yeah. a lot of fun. And, and that's why I think your format is very uh, important as well because it's the two of you, and you you guys have. Um, contrasting styles and then we have a guest dj that's another leg of it that's going to be different but it's going to be all good music and once again you won't say it so i'm gonna say it stop fucking complaining about the music and like just don't come like yeah you're supposed to come to a party and enjoy what's played and you don't have to know all the music there's a there's a millions of songs out there that you've never heard it's probably good so just enjoy it i don't know to me, I don't have to sing along to a song to enjoy it. I can hear the beat and hear the melody, but oh, this is a good song. I have no idea who this is. This is great, though. So mm-hmm. just do that. Um, just because you can't sing along to it does not mean it's, it's, you're not having a good time. And just because the DJ didn't play the song you wanted to hear it does not mean they're a bad DJ. 
And on the other side of that, just because you heard one song that you do want to hear, doesn't mean a DJ killed it that night. Just relax, mm-hmm. enjoy music. If you want to hear specific songs, there's this thing called streaming that you can do in your car and hear exactly what you want to hear. Yeah, everyone can be a DJ now. So if you want a DJ, go for it. Right. You know, uh, but if you want to come and and see what the event's about and you like it, you should keep coming back. Right. If you come and you're like, oh, this isn't for me. That's cool too. All if you come up to me, I'll give you your money back and um send you along your merry way and say, please don't come back because we don't like negativity. Yeah, and negativity. If if you want to just leave and, and you thought it was cool, you thought it was all right, you don't want to come back, that's cool too. Like, you know what I mean? It, it, there's only a there's you only need to have a couple bad apples in the crowd to kind of ruin the whole experience for a set. Right. Um and that happens a lot at hips. Um there's uh, it, it, I don't think it ruins the entire event when that does happen. And some events, like last Saturday's event, was great. Like we played all sorts of stuff. Um, Tiana even played or La Riches. I called her Tiana. I was like, "Give it up for Tiana." She was like, "You didn't even say my DJ name." I was like, "I mean, La Riches." I don't even know if I'm saying that right, but she was amazing, and she played like you know some old school reggae and shit, and the crowd right. ate it up. So like I think it's every every month there's a different crowd too, because um, you know it's a smaller venue. So some people come, and they're not an every month um, attender, but um, because it's so small, you know it's kind of it's it's tough to want to go every month because it is cramped in there, and I get that, and right. we are working on that. Um, but um. Yeah, I mean, I don't know where I was going with that, but um, hips second Saturday each month, right? Second, yes, yes, and it it at, is at Brother Drake, so um, I'll give you a little exclusive world premiere. Um, I think next month will be our last at Brother Drake, mm. um, depending on how it goes at Forum the next month. Oh, you go, oh, taking it to forum. Oh, okay. So, you know, we really wanted to do it at Ace of Cups because I felt like they had more of a hips vibe. Yeah. And we, you know, we worry, and we, I don't want to say worry, but, you know, these things are important when it comes to the aura and the vibe of a of a show. Um, the venue really, really matters. And Absolutely. when you change venues, it can totally change the show. Absolutely. You could do all the same music, play the exact same set, but it'll be different people. It'll be different drinks, different bartenders, different lighting, different atmosphere, um, a different location. All of these things can completely change the feel of a party. So, um, for everyone that's been coming and annoyed at the lines and annoyed at how packed it is, I want to apologize for how long it's taking, but I also want them to know this is why, you know, this is something we take super seriously when it comes to changing venues and Columbus is not easy to find a venue when it comes to the 300, 500 person range. It's, it's almost impossible. 
And then when you, when you have those other factors, like, oh, I want it to feel like this. I want the bartenders to look and act like this. I want the drinks to be like this. I want the location to be around here. All those other factors come into play with that venue cap. It's tough. And, and then communicating with the venues is a whole nother subject. Um, so I pulled the trigger and I said, Bobby, we're doing it because I'm tired of these people just putting red tape on red tape and not, not taking me seriously. And yeah. I, I, I do understand ACE, you know, their explanation for everything. Um, they have a new booking agency too. So I think that helps them a lot. It takes a lot of the work time and work that it takes to book events off of them and onto someone else, which greatly helps them and their sanity, but it also hurts the local, the local parties. Right. Um, Cause now there are no more local parties there except for the ones that have been grandfathered in like heat wave. And um, there's another one that I can't think of. Um, so yeah, we can't, they, they don't have any more week end monthly local parties anymore and i was like open to doing it on a weekday there's all these things that are going on i don't need to tell you everything but getting through to the right person mixed with all those other things it was just taking too long and you know i wanted it to be perfect i wanted it to be there but um i was over it i'm tired of it and every hips is like everyone is complaining when they're standing in the cold out in the line and i'm like guys i'm sorry i this is not if you were in there you would not want me to let more people in because you it worsens your experience and you know they don't they don't give a shit when they're in the line they're like oh whatever bro this fucking there's there's space right there or or i'll pay you an extra 20 bucks right now oh i'll pull out their wallet all this stuff they never listen because they just want in and so the put it being put in that position is or putting even putting my door guys in that position it's just not right. fun for anybody you know having having a line out the door looks cool but it's not cool. Like you want everyone to have fun and you don't want people standing in a line for more than five minutes. Right. Um, Especially on a, on a monthly, how many years has it been? Five, seven, five, um, four or five. I think yeah. it's weird too, not counting like co the COVID break. Yeah. Yeah. What about like four a, or five? What can you tell me about not your mama's house? So now your mom's house was again my um my way of saying this is something that I feel like the city needs that's not being represented. Like I love um head cleaner, I love Midwest Fresh, I love what is it, the Ope Collective now? They're around here now too. Like yep, yep. all these tech house guys are coming up. I love all of them and that music is really fun. But it's just not what I listen to. It's not what I play when I DJ house music. Um, and um, I wanted to be able, since no one's going to book me, and when I they do, do book me, I play my shit, and it doesn't really flow as well, I need to, again, fill a hole. Mm -hmm. And that's what Not Your Mama's House was for that sector in Columbus, was, you know, I want Soulful House, I want UK Garage, I want, um, you know, 
old school Chicago house, but like vocal heavy on the vocals, um, you know, disclosure type shit, like, like more of a UK feel mm -hmm. than a US feel, um, more swing in the drums, more harmonies and playful melodies rather than just, um, drums. Right. Um, cause that's what most, I think, you know, they're, drums a really good baseline is basically tech house um and again i love that stuff but yeah so that's what not your mama's house was it it was me nicole jason um it, jason has us since moved on um but it didn't get the crowd that we wanted kind of like lush life you know it did get a really cool crowd um, like the people who came out to restart, which was also at Brothers Drake, a lot of them came out. Um, a lot of the Midwest fresh kids. We we had a great crowd, um, but Brothers Drake felt like you know we were getting pressure from Brothers Drake, like hey, like this is a sat uh, this is a Saturday. I think it was a Friday Saturday. I don't remember. This is a weekend day that like you know we could be booking something else and making more money on. You know, so we're going to give you the time to like really try and evolve this and get more people out. And I respect them for that, like giving me the space and time to like really try and make it something great um, and bigger. Um, but it just never came to that. Um, I do want to bring that back too. Um, you know, COVID kind of put a stop on everything. And people, I, were, uh, people asked yeah. me about. Um that event shout out to yogi he specifically asked me about not your mama's house and more events like that in the city so there's definitely people out there waiting for it yeah so. i think so i think so i think i think the scene has changed um some positives some negatives um but i i i'm gonna be hopeful and i think people you know if we do it right i think it'll be i think it'll be great or can be great so, I mean, I, I know the answer to this question, but for the people listening, so what do you use now as far as DJing? Uh, I use at Hips. We use the the DJM um, or X DJs, um, which are the CDJs. They're the XDJ one thousands, which are the CDJs, but just without a CD drive. So you know, it knocks a thousand bucks off. Mm -hmm. um, really, really nice and affordable. If there are other DJs out there looking to get like a pair of CDJs, um, I don't even know if they make the. I think they do. Yeah, I think I saw it on their website. They make still make the XDJs, yeah. uh, and they're a good price, and they're they're really um, solid gear. And then just like a secondhand DJM 900 Nexus Mark One that I paid too much for, but it still works. It works great. Um, and then when I'm not doing hips or like a big event like that, where I know I'm going to be there all night, if I'm just like playing a set or doing anything else where I'm driving somewhere for like a wedding or something like that, and want a little bit easier setup, then I'll use, I think it's called a DJ RR, which is a discontinued version of the newer, basically they upgraded it and changed the name to their other standalone, um, uh, I guess you'd call it unit or controller yeah. uh, pioneers. It's their older standalone model. 
Right. You could probably still find them secondhand used for a really good price. It's really compact. Not extremely like, you know, the $200 ones. Right. It gives you hot cues, loops, um, four channels. No, it's got two channels. And then it's got an RCA input, which is really nice for weddings and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so no laptop. I don't I don't use a laptop anymore, but I have been thinking about getting back to the laptop mainly oh, because really? well two things because I miss being at OU and being on my laptop. I think I was more I think I was more creative honestly with the laptop because with the with the standalone units or the XDJs or CDJs you're on that little screen and you can organize by BPM and you can look through your playlists. But when you do that, it's harder to, you know, it's, it takes more time to go back, click a new playlist, sort it, scroll. I think when you have that laptop, you can kind of, and I think you get stuck when you don't have the laptop, you get stuck and you go from one song and then you just scroll. Cause it's just, a t- huge playlist right and it sorts it by bpm you just scroll and you're like oh this one's good instead of thinking like oh i'm playing this song and then you have another th- song pop in your head on your laptop you can't i can't search on those yeah let's go not losing yeah not losing not having that search option and only having the scroll option i think it does limit your creativity a little bit yeah he said so, there's a, a second reason. Oh, um, stems. Yes, the new technology, mm-hmm. the new technology that's coming, and it's not perfected yet. I don't. Need to, I, I was trying to look for it because, like, it's they don't tractor doesn't have it yet at all. Yeah. Like they have stems, but you have to have the stems. It's not AI produced stems from a you know a track mm-hmm. like Serato's doing. They take a track and use AI, and then and then give you stems inside the program. Um, I think I will go that route once Tractor gets it because I'm just not a big Serato fan. I prefer Tractor. I don't want to say I'm not a Serato fan because I think it's industry standard and it's really good, but um, I just prefer Tractor. Yeah. When I'm using a laptop, I prefer a Tractor. So... I do want to rewind a little bit and give you major props for, uh, I don't think people appreciate the hips. That was at Bluestone, but that was, Oh yeah. That was a fire event. Um, I was that on a, I feel like it was on a day that Mm -hmm. probably didn't have the, uh, the the crowd would have been bigger. Had it been a different day of the week? I think. I think it, you're right. Like a Friday or a Thursday or something? I think it was a Friday. Okay. I want to say. Um, we did a lot of promotion for that. You know, a lot of word of mouth promotion. Um, a lot of ads online. Um, uh, yeah, I loved it. I, I, the, uh, the idea behind it was I want to pay homage to the other DJs guest DJs that we've had on the show that I think really helped push hips as well. You know, it was a great lineup too. 
Great. Yeah, me and Nicole created it and made it what it is. But I think a lot of the credit also goes to the guest DJs that we book um, because without them, we aren't getting. I think the reason, another big reason why Hips has grown as a monthly party at such a high rate is because of the guest DJs. Because when, when you have guest DJs, they're bringing out their their crowd. So then, okay, their crowd comes out. They Maybe they've never been to a Hips before and they're like, yo, this is wild. This is some cool this is a cool party. Like I'm gonna come back next month right. and then you do it the next month and there's a new crowd that comes out and then that's more people. And then those people tell their friends and you know mm -hmm. what I mean? It just compounds. So I think a lot of the credit is due to them as well, to you and, and to Tron and um, ev everyone, anyone and everyone that has played. And it was tough picking too, which DJs I wanted to put on there. Um, I think Tron was, first pick because you know he's always just been a huge supporter mm. he was we've had him on a bunch i think he's the only one that's been on more than once mm. uh, have you been on more than once yeah I've been twice. A, a couple times um pastel has always just been so positive and 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 so such a light in this community mm. um and and dj o sharp i mean what can you say it's o sharp yeah it's o sharp he's one of the best ever um you didn't play, did you? Uh no. I, I think that was actually before I've ever played hips. Like it was before that. Oh really? Like, okay. Yeah, my, so my that's first why because yo. April twenty nineteen. And I think that was before that. Yeah, that because it, it was only hips alum, basically. Yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see. Um so what's the uh hold on, I had another question. But yeah, that was a sick night. I think there were a bunch of can I say whatever I want on here? Yeah, you, listen, I I don't care. <laughs> There were a lot of, I think someone brought some, some shroomies mm. and they were, a, they were having a lot of fun in there. It, yeah. it got a little weird um, from what I heard in the crowd. It got a little weird, but it was positive weird. And it was, I think that also kind of fits Bluestone mm -hmm. too. Um, Cause it's that church vibe and like, it's like kind of eerie in there. Yeah. You got the um, glass in there and all that. Yeah. It was so cool, man. We got really good footage too. That video we put out um who did that i want to shout them out i think it was trav i want to say but i don't remember the video was so good um where i was like walking into the venue as it was like already popping off open the doors and kind of walk i mean that's a classic like shot like everyone has done that shot but yeah for sure it works so well with bluestone because that front just looks so cool and then walking um uh, walking in the back going through the back and then coming out the curtains mm -hmm. and then seeing the crowd that was just so cool and all the all the homies up on the stage just kind of chilling yeah man i'll never forget that that and then the i think it was the two-year anniversary at um a strong water mm. oh yeah, yeah those were the only two really that we've done um somewhere else outside of brother straight so i was gonna ask you about your breakaway experience but i feel like there's really nothing to say like it's just it was probably just cool to do that. Breakaway is cool. Yeah, I, I love Breakaway. I think it's a great thing to have in this city. Yeah. Um, and the fact that they let the local DJs play that um, silent disco is mad cool. I think that's great. Yeah, um, sure. I think they could have paid a little bit more, but I'm not mad about it. Honestly, they got a lot of big artists to pay a lot of money. And um, I had fun. It was cool. I'd never played silent disco until them. And and also, like competing with the other person to, to your left, that was a lot of fun. Yes. Uh, I didn't know the person. It was some young 
kid and he was ki- i mean you know we had very different styles which is kind of cool too because then you could see like oh like the ogs in the back are listening to me because there's a color on the headset right and then like the hips heads and whatever else all my friends are up front but like the middle was all blue and the red was like kind of up front and in the back mm-hmm. so it was kind of cool to see that dynamic and competing with him to get people to switch over and then seeing switch people switch and be like ah oh, nah i'm gonna go back I, that would make me think like oh shit maybe i need to like play something else right so yeah that was fun so what would you say your what's the future look like for you in the what are some of your uh, short-term, long-term goals when it comes to playing music? Mm-hmm. Um, well, since COVID, definitely taking a backseat to partying and being, uh, I've, I've been more of a, I've been less of a socialite, I think. I think before, like I said at the beginning, when I was trying to get myself out there, I was going out and supporting everyone, paying all the door fees and loving it, loving it, you know, um, at, during OU and after it, I was, I've never been a huge, like, it's weird I say this because I went to number one party school and survived for five years and had a great time. I've never been, like, a huge partier. Like, I do, I did go out, I did drink a lot, and I did get hammered and blackout, but not that much. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I my personality is very social, but I'm also kind of not that behind yeah. closed doors. Um, but I think, yeah, going forward, I've definitely focused more on my home life um my relationship um and 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 less of a folk it i think it's just because there's new things in my life and yeah. there's new priorities and there's new focuses and and sometimes the other stuff uh, takes a back seat so s- things take a little bit longer um but i I'll, i don't think i'll ever stop doing this you know i do want to get a career um i do want to have solid you know all that's so all the life stuff. Um, but yeah, I do want to bring back those parties we had talked about. Right. I do want to bring back not your mama's house and lush life, whether they will be called not your mama's house and lush life um, is another thing. And I do have new party ideas that I want to do. Um, but that's a lot. I mean, it's a lot to handle. Even just two parties a month is a yeah. lot. Burn. You do a lot. I don't know how you do it. I don't know either. Like I'm working Monday through Friday at nine to five, and then like having two to four gigs on the weekend is I I don't know how I do it, but I just I, I can't say no to stuff. I, I like playing music, you know. You got this podcast. You got yeah, wifey. yeah this too wife. Um, what do you got? Can I ask you something? Yeah. You guys, this is getting a little off topic from DJ, but what are you guys planning on having any little ones in the future? Yeah, that's uh, goal number one and number two this year is uh, buy a house and expand the family. That's sick, dude. So, yeah, that's, that makes uh, me happy. I got to get all this DJing out before that happens because I imagine I won't be able to be out till two in the morning on the weekends. Yeah. Uh, once there's, uh, you know, little ones involved. Um, I think you can sometimes. Not as much. All right. So, rapid fire question time. Mm hmm. Let's say. Next month, or whenever, the very last hips ever, um, Brothers Drake or wherever. Let's just say it's at Brothers Drake, so keep in mind the venue. And you can only book one guest DJ. Not necessarily local, just any DJ in the world. Who would it be? Goodness. 
No, no budget. No, just whoever you wanted. I, th- I'm a since it's rapid fire. I'm gonna go with my gut here. I think I get Andre Power. Mm. I just that's actually, yeah, yeah. I think choice. he's a good dude, and I saw him play at um, selection uh, yacht party that we went to, and I got to meet him. And I think he's just a good dude, and his sets are fire. And he's got this new show out in LA called The Link Up. Mm-hmm. I saw that. I really, really want to go. So I, did, I think if if he could come through and play a Link Up type set, that'd be fire. Um. So I guess my next question, you probably already answered that. Um. You can go see anybody live, DJ. Who to be? Uh, yeah, definitely Andre. But I, I'll try and give you another one. Um. Man, probably disclosure. Mm. I think that'd be cool. What's your favorite song to play for whatever reason? Damn, I love. I'm a multi-genre DJ, so that's tough. Uh. Shit, man. Um, What's the first thing that comes to mind? Crew, mm. not not the Drake crew. The Golden uh, crew. Uh, yeah, yeah. Great song. It always goes off. Um, I do want to pause and say that um, I don't know. I was listening to a podcast or something, and they were talking about open format DJs. And I think people don't understand that um, the art of DJing came from DJs playing different genres and playing the breaks. So when you when people speak on a hip hop DJ, uh, that's a DJ that can play everything and you know make it work. Um, whereas I feel like when you when you talk about like EDM DJs, there are certain limitations to the things that they can do. But I feel like for hip hop DJs, there aren't. Or there's more things that I don't know, like the 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 the, uh, the open format term. I think what people are just trying to say is that like that's the original DJ because they played everything because there was no hip hop genre to play. But that's just my two cents. I, I think there's um, a lot in that that we could unpack. But. Yeah, there there's a so we we'll probably do a whole another hour on that. Um, I say rapid fire, and I don't I don't know remember the rest of the question. Well, I want to say one one thing on that point, quick. Good. Because I think you were saying multi-genre, open format. Mm-hmm. People sometimes think going back to the roots of break and hip-hop. Mm-hmm. I think nowadays there's the amount of music that's out there. Um, when it comes to electronic music or dance music, there's just salt. There, you could be a, a multi-genre um, DJ and just play dance music. True. Yeah, That's it. A lot of... Uh blurred lines these days but that, i think that's the good thing about technology is that it's a lot of blurred lines all right who's the worst dj you had at hips is this uh <laughs> is this the hot ones challenge do i have to eat a wing <laughs> no i asked that because i knew you weren't going to answer because you're a nice guy um dj burn that's a lie there's <laughs> <laughs> a lie uh, okay so nah. you're the only one i could say it i know i know i know you won't get mad that's all good. I know you know it's a joke. Um, 
What is a big misconception about DJing that you'd like to clear up? I mean, the classic, like just pre- pressing buttons. Um, we could go with that. Yeah. Another one, I think on the on the extended from that is it being easy. I think a lot of it is more labor intensive than a people a lot of people think. A lot of people realize like, all those speakers and all that equipment and setting up visuals and et cetera, et cetera, setting up. Uh, and it's very, it's very much of a managerial thing too. You got to manage a lot of different people. Mm. So I think there's a lot that goes into it that people don't think about. Who's your favorite DJ in central Ohio? That's tough. Um, I mean, there, there's so many great ones. If you're going to make me pick a favorite. A favorite. No disrespect to anybody else, but you, you can have exactly. a favorite. Um, they got to be from here, though. Uh, well, somebody that's active here. Okay. Well, I mean, uh, uh, Nicole, obviously, but then if I uh, anybody else. Um, I've always been... The biggest fan of uh, DJ Foyoyoy. Uh, I just think you told me that. I just think he's one of the best DJs in the city, and I think he slept on. Um, he is like dance music and house mainly, mm-hmm. and but he does. He's like I said, he's multi genre in that field. So um, yeah, I mean that's tough. That's kind of like my sleeper pick. You know what I mean? Yeah, mm-hmm. he's great. What do you say? When you, when you want to be nice, someone wants to wants to request a song. What, what's uh, your response to make them go away? Yeah, I got you. And then <laughs> I don't I don't play. That's it. the number one. Like I got you. I'm not playing that song. And then <laughs> but, they come back uh, thirty minutes later. Later, and I was like, oh yeah yeah yeah, I'll get to it. Or yeah yeah yeah, I played it. Yeah, I'm gonna try and to they, work it in. They I'm were try. probably in the bathroom or something. Right. Um. One piece of advice, because uh, one of my newer students always listens to this podcast. So one piece of advice you have for newer DJs. Uh, can you be more specific? Are we talking like technical or are we talking like relationships or what? Um, g- give me one of each. Uh, give me one technical and one career type advice. Okay. Um, one technical thing I'd say is don't feel like you have to do the most uh, and focus on your selections. Also, don't feel like the next song you play has to be the perfect fit. I think if you're a good DJ and the more you DJ, you could play any song after any song and make it work. So I think be yourself and pick the songs that you want to hear. Um, and like that's my best like technical advice because the technical like actual doing of it that's we anybody can do that. I'm right. not going to give you advice on that. DJ Byrne can teach you or yeah, I, I can teach you, but like, yeah, I think that's the best advice. Technical advice uh, as far as like career and um, relationships, um, it's kind of the same thing. Like, just be yourself and like try and be humble and appreciate everyone else around you and what they do. I think I was very, um, uh, 
I think I was very negative and I think I was very pessimistic a lot of the time about stuff that I wanted that I didn't think was happening. Um, and I think it's very easy to focus on those things and lose sight of, of what you want to do in your goals. So just try and like have fun and like the relationships and the parties and the events and all that stuff will come. Like if you just be yourself and work hard, obviously, and, and like, and, and try and be the best at what you do, but like just being yourself and having fun and not, not worrying too much about the outside shit, I think is great. Like, I, I think that's life advice. You know what I mean? Just like try not to s sweat the small things, even if they're big things or small things, like stuff you don't have control of. I think it's hard. It's hard. It's easier said than done, but I think just try and focus on you and being just be dope. Dope. Last question. Who do you think I should, um, if you had your choice, I should have one this uh, podcast to interview. Wait. Oh, who's the next person you should have on? Yeah. Nick Knack. I, that I thought you would say that, so that makes perfect sense. I'll give you her because she's always like my first answer. Oh yeah, I think I, she's the greatest. I'll you give you another be. one. Um, have you had O Sharp? No, and that's actually this is the I just started asking this question. Um, the last episode, the person said O Sharp, so I guess it's. I mean, it, it's got to happen. Now. I think it's a sign you got to get O Sharp on. Yeah, for sure. Um. Anything, yes. I think uh, generally, I usually say this at the beginning of this podcast. The reason why I have this podcast is just because I normally only talk DJ stuff when we're setting up or we're tearing down or when we're like waiting to take turns or whatever. So being able to talk DJ stuff at length is um, therapeutic, and we all have different, you know, perspectives. And mm -hmm. so I think I feel like life is all about perspective. So the the more you can gain, the more knowledge you have. So I definitely appreciate you being on this podcast. Uh, let everybody know where they can reach you on social media. Yeah, I'll say thanks again for having me. I love that you do this. I think I've tried to do something similar, and I, th I think life got in the way. So thank you for being consistent, persistent, mm -hmm. and doing it because I know it is therapeutic for you and me and everyone else and is a great learning tool um you can find me at bono music on pretty much everything i don't really i'm not really on twitter that's just all the i think it's just instagram stuff post to twitter uh instagram bono music twitter bono music um fuck facebook um twitch we still on twitch yeah i'm not on twitch but i might get back on that's i am bono but um that's a lot of time. And I, it, it, if I want to get all this other stuff done, I don't think I'm going to have the time for it, but I do support everyone on Twitch that all the, all the kids like, fuck, go, go on kid wonder stream and give him a follow. Oh yeah. Go so on uh, kid Tron kid stream. Wonder. I think he stopped too though. Go on burn stream. Um, yeah. No, are you stop? Oh, okay. Yeah. I, uh, so like this podcast, um, one of my uh, goals this year was to be more intentional and, um, persistent about the things that i do so the reason why i'm doing this podcast because i said i'm gonna do it every week and, and mm -hmm. i said that so it's going to be every week mm -hmm. the same thing with streaming i said I'm, I'm gonna give it one more shot because i bought all this stream deck and all this other shit so yep. i'm, I'm gonna Thanks. give it one more shot i might even um you know i hate djing for the chat 
Like I might even stop playing video games and and just do a couple of like music streams and just see, see where it goes. And then it's either going to work out or I'm going to just give it to some kid that wants to stream. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and do we know who's going to be a hips next month? We actually don't. Uh, so don't fret was supposed to be on the one that got canceled because of COVID. So I need to hit her up, but she's busy. You know, um, part she's of the busy reason, person. part of the reason I was so happy to be able to, Give her uh, the knowledge and Recio and everybody else is because now I got somebody I can just give these gigs to. But now yeah. we're all there are several days where we're all booked, and it's mm-hmm. like this is you know like what what more can you ask for? But hopefully, listen, don't fret would do great, and I would definitely be front row with my pom poms. So uh, yeah, make that happen. Um, but first Saturday of each month, the next one's at Brothers Drake, which is February. And then mm-hmm. March forum? Maybe forum, if not April, uh, 95%. Yeah, that's going to be um, dope. I don't have anyone booked for the for the next one or March, but I do have my buddy Malikos uh, Manny on April. Um, he doesn't really DJ a lot. He's, he's not really known as a DJ, but... Um, this is again why I love hips. I can just put people. I can do whatever I want. It's my party. Right. So we're gonna we're gonna give him a shot. And I know his music taste is is like fire. So I know the selections are gonna be great. Uh, and then my I, I'm looking at my list here. Um, I got Don't Fret, Cat Dad, Original Black Unic, Original Black Unicorn, Tron, mm. Chico, Leak, Matt Hazel Baker, Nas, Sonic Blush, and hit me up if you want to be on hips. You know I I. I listen to people and I put them on my list um, and I, I do my best to come out and see them if I haven't seen them before, because right. again, I, if you hit me up, I, you might not get on because if I haven't seen you before, I'm not going to book you. So, and, and, and that's on me to come out and see you. I realize that. Um, so there's a lot of people that I need to go out and see who I, I maybe didn't book because they were new and now they're like really big. And I think some people might not think I'm giving them the time of day. Trust me, I think about you guys. It's just on me. I need to get out of the house. I need to see people. I need to see where their head's at. And then, you know, then I'll hit you up. So, yeah. And you, you just got to fill one spot. So many people hit me up about Orange Soda. And it's like, you know, there's a headliner spot. There's an opener spot. And, and you know, it's hard to fill those with specific people because there's certain people I would I would never disrespect them. To have them open an orange soda, and some mm-hmm. people they're not ready to be on at at twelve o'clock, you know. So yeah, booking mm-hmm. is a whole nother. Hey, animal. all open. I love opening. Do you? No, you don't. <laughs> Do you? <laughs> I, yes, yes. All right, I'm gonna. I think, uh, the, I think the last one I played, I opened. Oh, was that the anniversary? Or did... I think I don't know. Yeah, um, we definitely gotta have you back though. But this has been put it on record once again. Um, if you enjoy this episode, like, share. Um, big shout out to Dono for being on here. And we will talk to you again next week. I'm sad the ladies weren't here. They're, they're super busy with life. You know, um, one's a lawyer and one's actually. Big shout out to Don't Fret. She's, going, she's working on her bachelor's right now. Bachelor's and a nine to five and DJing. Yeah, it's crazy. Well, I'm, out, I'm, yeah, thank, thank you for having me. Appreciate you.